Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talking Blues Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm joined by my friends, my co-hosts, Alex and Peter, late on Sunday night after we watched a... Hmm. What's a word that I can use to describe this? A uh, unfortunate match. Chelsea versus West Ham, a West Ham victory, 3-1 final results, and uh, even a Chukwameka injury uh, makes this one worse than it already is. I don't even know where to start. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to write about, which I'll already plug it really early. Uh, Peter and I, I don't know if it's out when you're listening, but Peter and I did write an article about this performance that will be out at some point on the Fans First Sports Network website. Stay tuned to our Twitter to uh, to read that. And uh, it, it, we just, you know, we we wrote about a lot and we, we can talk about a lot here. Um, but I, I truly and honestly don't know where to start. So I can just throw it to my co-hosts um, to kind of break down this match and, and see what's there. I mean, like I said, there's many avenues to kind of go through. We can start with the positive of Chukameka's, uh goal here. We can talk about his injury. We could talk about uh the red card I, I the penalty late in the game the poor lack of chances able to be uh created later in this match once the red card was given um or the double yellow i should say but uh yeah i'll just send it to you guys for your your thoughts on this match as you can tell i'm not only tired but uh, i just it's hard to come up with words because of how just terrible this watch was today yeah, this was definitely not the uh, most fun game in the world, I would say. I would say there's definitely been times where uh, I've enjoyed watching a game more, especially literally the last game where we drew Liverpool, and even though that's a draw, it's better than a loss. And I'd say we definitely played better in the Liverpool game against much better opposition and against opposition that didn't get a red card in about the 70th minute where we had 20-plus minutes to attack against 10 men and then proceeded to do absolutely nothing. We were worse when we were up a man. I mean, like you said, Josh, it's hard to describe, come up with a word to describe it just because of how, how poor it was. It just really, 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 you just, I don't know, where it's just everybody was bad. And the only good player was really Cardi Chukumeka. And then, of course, our only good player in that game has to get injured. He leaves the stadium in crutches, does not look good. And, of course, it's also at the exact same position that Christopher and Cuckoo already got injured in, so now we have to start... I mean, I don't even know who we start there at this point. Maybe, like, Ian Matson. He did that in preseason once. I had Matson starting there, I think, in my first lineup prediction, so maybe that'll end up being true in the third game. But, I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible game. I mean, we haven't been good since uh, West Ham moved to the London Stadium. We haven't been good there, and we've never really had any games where I could say that we've played very well there, but this was just another level because we had so much hope coming off the Liverpool game where we dominated them for most of the game, at least. And then we come into this game, you expect to do the same, especially because it's against inferior opposition. And then with a red card, you expect to do it even more so. And then everybody just decides to play horribly. I mean, we were played so well towards the end of the second half, and then we won a penalty. Sterling did great work there. Then Enzo proceeds to have one of the worst penalties I've ever seen, and then we lose all our momentum. Second half comes, and they they just take over and they take advantage. They just they wanted us more. They wanted it more than us, honestly. Because I mean, especially Mikel Antonio, he was able to so many times we ha- we had we're defending four on one, and then whether it be Desasi or Colwell would just get out muscled or would make a mistake, and then they'd be able to uh, counter and get chances, get a goal, get a penalty, 
it was just horrible. A bad, bad game. It's just there's so much bad things you can say about it. But I mean, just we just need to bounce back, especially because the team we're playing just got promoted. If we don't bounce back there, eh, we can definitely tell whether uh, we're in for another season of 12th or maybe these two first games were just a fluke and we can start getting back on winning ways. You know, you mentioned about the London Stadium. I don't know what it is. Is it possible that, you know, I know the London Stadium's the widest pitch in the league in, ter- in, in terms of width, obviously. That's what widest means. Stanford Bridge is among the most narrow. Is there something to that? I mean, then again, you, but then you look at it, most of these players have not been with Chelsea for very long at all. So, you know, is that really an effect? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I always was thinking about that because Chelsea have always struggled with the London Stadium. You're right, Peter. Ever since it opened, you know, I don't know how many years ago now. Um, Chelsea have just not been good there whatsoever. So I don't know if it's a coincidence or Chelsea just haven't been that great in the league over the past few seasons or whatever it might be. But yeah, I thought that was interesting that you brought that up. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just a really tough, uh, a tough, you know, game for us because you see at that point where we win the penalty, it's two, one or it's one, one, excuse me. And you have the chance to go up two one and really take control of the game. Cause once you're up against West Ham, it's really hard for them to come back. But, uh, you know, when they can come at you on the break, uh, like that second Antonio goal, uh, it's really tough to stop them, especially when you're committing numbers forward and Antonio is so powerful. But, um, yeah, it's it's really tough, uh, tough defeat. And I think, you know, you got to, you know, just kind of put this in your rear view very quickly, move forward, because it wasn't a game that Chelsea were necessarily super poor in until, you know, the final 30 minutes or so where the quality just, really really rare you know went down to a, a level that was just not acceptable whatsoever especially in the attacking third uh, some of the crisp passing we saw in the in the first half was just gone it felt like in the second half ever since triple mecca went off and um it just felt like there wasn't the same flow after that point so yeah i mean it, it's a really tough uh tough defeat and it's just something you're gonna have to move on from and you know hope to bounce back against like you said peter a luton town side that you know, obviously it's just up, uh, you know, we're at home in Stanford Bridge. There's no excuse of their, uh, what's their stadium called? I forget now, but their, their tiny, uh, tiny stadium, which like fits like 10,000 people or whatever it is. And, you know, it's literally in the backyard of some grandma's house. Like, uh, you know, there's no excuses here. We're back home at Stanford Bridge and you got to put in a performance and, um, you know, hopefully improve. And I know the, the big headlines, I'll kind of transition this for you guys to talk about, but obviously the, you know, 250 uh, million pound midfield, uh, Enzo missing the penalty and then Caicedo giving up the penalty shortly after he came on for a short 30 minute spell or 25 minute spell, whatever it was, you know, what, what did you think of that, of that dynamic, I guess here, um, you know, in the second game of the season here? Well, I'll just say that I think Caicedo not having a preseason showed, I think he was very rusty. I think he'll get better. But I will say it's annoying to see all the rival fans be able to use so much from this game because it was a horrible, horrible performance from him. I think once we get Lavi in, once we get Kasaito in, more involved, more training, more game time, more chemistry with other players, it'll look better. But I mean, this game was just awful. And I mean, you'd hope that it would only get better from here. But I mean... With the way Chelsea and all their various sorts of players performing at this moment, uh, who knows at this point, honestly. Of course, you know, once I uh, do the one-minute intro, my my time stops, uh, you know, past that point, and uh, I don't get a lot of second chance. I don't want you to speak, like, man. Just, yeah, I mean, just we, we do that already, though. 
Intro, outro, that's it, man. That's all we want. That's all you do. You just got those memorized. Thank you. Mr. Abramovich, don't speak. Just pay. Uh, Kenilworth. Is that a miss? All right. Well, Please continue, Josh. I apologize for interrupting again. This is your time. You have requisite time here to talk about anything you want. Ken- Kenilworth Road, it's called, Alex. Uh, Town's home stadium. Anyway, uh, that is that is a key thing that we can talk about, uh, you know, when we wrap this one up and preview it because their match this weekend, uh, was it uh, the Brentford side? Whatever. They were supposed to have a match this weekend and that got postponed as they're actually trying to, you know, make it larger and up to the Premier League standards that it is for the broadcast and for the media and press. Uh, and those construction uh, jobs have not been completed yet, which led them to not playing their second uh, game this season in the Premier League, and they had to postpone that. So that was pretty interesting. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, when it comes to those two guys, Casado, again, it was his first appearance. Um, you know, I texted you guys early when the when the lineups came out that uh, you know, I was correct in my prediction that he didn't start. And from what it looked like after he subbed in, thank God he didn't start because the scoreline could have been five one. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm sorry to diss him there, but ever since he did come on in in this match, it, it was. A very tough debut for him. Um, obviously, there's a lot of pressure on him for the amount he did sign with. There's been, a, you know, with waiting it out to see where he would go to wanting to play with Chelsea to finally getting that chance with Chelsea. He's only trained for a few days. Uh, and he hasn't really played football, like you said, Peter, in a while. So I, I can't say that, you know, obviously it's tough. But remember, there's a lot of p- uh, pressure on this young kid. Um, and he is just a kid. That's another thing to remember, too. Only a few years older uh, than us so you know that's what I have to say for for Casado let's see how he performs now under his home fans right he came in also you have to uh, you know as much as you can say drown out the pressure Chelsea were away they were in front of West Ham supporters and maybe with the crowd full of chan- uh, a fans screaming his name excuse me uh, it could be a different result so we'll see if we if he starts on Friday uh, night or afternoon for us whatever Friday night in London um, will will remain to be seen, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Just I don't know if we'll do a preview for that or not, but we'll wait and see for Friday. And then when it comes to Enzo Fernandez, um, yeah, this is a tough watch for him. Obviously, the the penalty, um, was just not a good shot. You know, it was on the ground. It was right at the keeper. It was an easy save for him to the left side. So that was that was a tough watch where you know this could have been a completely different game if he makes that 2-1 heading into halftime and then the lackadaisical i don't even know if lackadaisical was the right word just the the poor passing just really was hard to watch because once that double yellow hits right and we know that West Ham's going to be down a man it's going to be 11 on 10 for the remainder of the match that's at least 20 minutes because i believe that red card was in the 67th minute so we knew there was going to be out of time and we knew it was going to have to go, you know, West Ham was going to have to make it defending from the 67th minute to the 90th minute plus stoppage time. So you're thinking, all right, this is the best chance we could have possible to not the game up at twos. And it just doesn't happen. And partly that's because of Enzo Fernandez and just the tough, odd, bad uh, crosses or passes that just ended up in the keeper's hands or in the the West Ham uh, West Ham opposition, you know, side, um, yeah, I'm going on a Peter rant right now, so I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I'm just gonna stop talking because this is weird. Gosh, I've clocked you in 
at about three minutes of straight talking. That's what is going on? Right. I don't know what I'm doing. No, okay. anyway, we did. Notice how I felt that at three minutes, Peter could go for eight minutes and he would not even feel any sort of guilt whatsoever. So. No flinch. Wouldn't flinch. No, I wouldn't. Look at my selflessness right now. Well, you could have kept talking because we did say, I did say, take your time. This is your requisite time to say whatever you wanted. You could keep going if you want. Do you have more to say? There's, I mean, there's not more to say. I mean, I'm, I'm losing track of words just talking about Enzo, but it's just, it was just, like I said, it was a tough watch. Just, just seeing all those balls just end up on the, the wrong opponent, the team not wearing the blue kits. I'll just say that. There you go. Nice. You know, okay. You know, you know what I thought was really uh, tough as well, and a player that no one's really talking about, at least when I'm like, you know, scrolling on Twitter. When I say no one's really talking about it, I mean I don't see it on Twitter. Uh, just for anyone, obviously, I don't talk to anyone outside this my, you know, my room. So uh, this is just how it is. So I see things on Twitter, and that's what I'm referring to. So there you go. Um, just making sure that's clear. But no one was mentioning uh, Malo Gusto, and I really felt like he had a pretty poor game as well. He had a few crosses in that were just off the mark. Uh, defensively, he seemed a little bit, uh, you know, out of sorts at times. And I just, you know, didn't really see the the quality that we know he has uh, from his time at Leon, And even some of the stuff we saw in preseason, it just felt like he was a little bit uh, out of whack as well. And part of that could be he's never played wing back before. I don't believe in his, uh, you know, at least, you know, as a starter for most, you know, for a long period of time, I should say. Uh, could that be part of the reason? But, you know, with Reese James, uh, you know, we didn't even mention this, but he is out for just about a month. Is Malo Gusto going to be able to come in for those, you know, three, four or five games, whatever it may be, uh, and, you know, improve upon what his performance was today? Because I thought, you know, that's not a high enough level either. To be fair, no one was playing at a high enough level, but he was someone who stuck out uh, stuck out to me uh, from that right-hand side, especially once Chilwell came off, uh, and then you don't have another, you know, natural wing back on that side. Uh, it felt like when you know the balls kept coming into Malo Gusto, he just wasn't really able to do much with it. Uh, so I, I just wanted to mention him. I'm not sure if you guys felt similarly. I mean, yeah, you kind of said it, though. The reason no one's talking about him is because literally everybody on the team had a bad game. So there's plenty of other people to talk about who are probably more important to talk about, I guess, is the word, or more popular to talk about, like Casado, like Enzo. But, I mean, yeah, I completely agree with you. He had a poor game. But so did Cole, who everyone was hyping up, who I praised a lot last episode after the Liverpool game. I mean, the Saucy, you scored the goal, had a bad game. Everybody had a bad game, let's be real here. There's basically, if you're, I mean, I don't think we're doing play ratings, but if we were, realistically, there's like two players getting a six, and those are going to be the highest ratings from the team. It just wasn't a good game, and that's why no one's talking about it. And I just want to say one thing about Enzo is the fact that I think he didn't have a good game. I'll say that, especially not up to his standards. But I do think the penalty kind of overshadowed what he did, especially in the first half. No one in the second half played well at all. So I'm not even going to consider that. But in the first half, he definitely, he led the team. He 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 was the motor of the team. He made a lot of good passes. Then he missed the penalty. And I think he lost confidence because after that, like you said, Josh, it was so annoying to see him try to do what he loves to do, where he does the like the the we lifts it over the defense with the with the flick off like holding it on his boot. I describe that horribly, but he tries to do his classic passes that almost always work, and they just go straight to West Ham, go straight to the keeper. And I mean, I think you expected that with especially once West Ham went up that they were gonna park park the bus, put everybody back. But I think we needed a game plan to do that, and we didn't have that. I think that's why we looked so disorganized. And obviously, when you look disorganized you're not going to be able to really do anything against a team as 
compact, as disciplined as West Ham. That was the word I was thinking of. So it's just really unfortunate. And like I said, the last time I went on a rant, we just need to bounce back on Friday against Luton Town. And we better bounce back on Friday against Luton Town, especially at home. Okay, so like we've kind of talked about throughout this entire episode, um, in bits and pieces, Chelsea will face Luton Town, the newly promoted club, who sit, well, <laughs> they're ranking... The standings don't even matter at this point in the table. But after one match that they played uh, last week, Luton Town sits in 17th while Chelsea sit in 15th. And Pochettino is still waiting for his first victory as the Chelsea manager this season. One draw, one loss. Will that be done at home on Friday? We will see the match at 3 p.m. here in the Eastern Coast where we are in the United States. And then in London, it will be an 8 p.m. night game on Friday. So that'll be fun. We're excited. Uh, I don't know if we'll do a preview for that one. I think it depends on the news we get during the week, just like last week where we did get a lot of news. So we did do the preview. We kind of tied it in there at the end. Um, so again, it all depends. Uh, but if not, then you'll see us, or I guess I could say hear us on on uh, on this podcast. So uh, follow us on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod, Alex on Twitter at Ignoring23. I'm on Twitter at JoshSolo29. And also check out that Twitter for the art, the link to our article on Fans First Sports Network written by myself and Peter. So, yeah, that's really everything. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Go Blues. Go Blues.